This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. You get me tonight and my mom on Sunday, so that's fun. So um, really, really quick, because I don't know a lot of people. A lot of times we slip in and out. We serve. Um, My husband and I are on the board here. We were in full-time ministry for about 15 years. We're still in full-time ministry, but in the corporate world, like most of you. And um, we have two teenagers. Um, But I want to share tonight about something that God put on my heart a while back. I wasn't sure where it was for. Um, It was for me at the time, and I know it's for everyone that's here tonight, because God does that on on purpose, and he plans that. And so um, a few years ago, Matt and I went to Costa Rica, and we were walking around, and someone said, hey, let's go look at this waterfall. And so we started trekking down this mountain. And we're in a jungle. And as we trek down this mountain, we start coming across huge, large boulders. And it's interesting because the different people that were with us, some would crawl over them and others would step on them and others just like honestly wouldn't even see them and they would like fall and stumble on them. And one of the things I realized from that is that we all come across boulders in our life, but we all handle them differently. And so actually tonight, um, my husband and my son brought these for me out of our front yard. We grabbed them out as some boulders. See if my weight workout's working here. Goodness, it is. Good. Get some bicep curls with y'all. But tonight, I want to talk to you about stumbling blocks or stepping stones. And we're going to talk about this because all of us come across times in our life and things in our life that are difficult things, difficult experiences, They're common, but they're unpleasant. But the problem is, is that most of the time, these places, we either stumble or we advance. But the circumstance doesn't determine the outcome. You do. The position of your heart before God is what determines whether your problem is a place you're going to fall or a place where you're going to draw near to him. Tonight, that's what we're going to talk about is stepping stones Or are you using them as stumbling blocks? So let's pray. Father, we just welcome you in tonight. We ask for your Holy Spirit to speak through me. Speak to every person that's in here tonight. We just welcome you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You determine if challenging experiences are stumbling blocks or stepping stones that prepare you for God's inheritance he has for you. So I want to talk to you about five areas that God wants to use as stepping stones for promotion in your life. So these are going to shock you a little bit, and uh, don't get angry as we go through them. The first one is the stumbling block or the stepping stone of rejection. If I cannot handle rejection with grace and kindness, I will not be able to enjoy the level of acceptance that God has in store for me. I know we all think that we can handle blessings. We say, God, pour out your blessings upon me. But can I tell you, the more blessings he pours, probably the more rejection you have faced. And so you have to open your heart up and realize that through trials such as resentment, such as rejection, blessing, it can create entitlement unless I've gone through those things. Rejection rejection makes you have a reality check. If doors are slammed in your face, if a relationship ends, it causes you to take a hard look in the mirror. Some people let rejection define them. 
They say, I'm unlovable because this person didn't want me. They say, I'm not intelligent enough to have that job because I failed and I did not get that job that I applied for. But the fact of the matter is, on the flip side, rejection can drive you to sharpen your skills, to develop in areas that you're weak in. A stepping stone of rejection is actually feedback. We have two teenagers, I said. We have a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old. In a few weeks, we will have a um, sophomore and a freshman in high school. It shocks me greatly. You say, you're not that old. I say, I know, right? I look great. But... um, We have two teenagers and it's funny because if you have kids, they come home from school and their stories is very different a lot of times from the way the teachers and coaches present it, correctly? So the way this happens a lot of times, my son will come home and he'll say, my teacher says that I don't listen. Well, clearly we agree with that, right? If you have a 15-year-old son. And he says, she says, Cade, if you would listen more, if you would pay more attention in class, then guess what? You would understand the more, the more, the information more effectively and more efficiently, right? And be able to do your work. And we say, Cade, that's feedback. He's like, no, no, no. She's just rejecting me, mom. She doesn't like me. But the fact is, is that feedback can be seen as rejection or an opportunity for me to listen and get better. If I never face rejection, I can become self-centered. Our family loves athletics. We love the Lord and we really like sports. We don't love sports. We love God. (laughs) One of the things we like about it is there are a lot of parallels in the Bible with athletics. You face a lot of rejection. If you've ever been cut from a team, it hurts. Rejection hurts. If you've ever been the kid not picked to play on a team, rejection hurts. But nowadays, a lot of parents, if your kid gets rejected, it's not your kid's fault for not putting in practice. Whose fault is it? The coach and the administration, right? And the fact of the matter is, is that we are causing our kids to become more and more self-centered. I know a family right now that if their daughter doesn't get to play in a game, they claim that she's hurt. And the fact of the matter is they're hurting her by doing that instead of her facing the truth. It stifles our growth when we don't face rejection. C.S. Lewis said hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny. Rejection makes you deal with deep issues. It's not always fair but God can use it. Rejection makes us deal with things that will refine my heart. I wanna read you two scriptures because I want you to see that Jesus dealt with rejection. In John 1.11, it says he came to his own people and even they rejected him. And then if you flip over, Mark 3, 21 says, when his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. Jesus understands the pain of rejection. Rejection often reveals how much we depend on the approval of others for our self-esteem. It brings things to the surface, not so we can carry shame, but so we see the weakness of our position. And we move to stable ground, which should be solely based on where God is. Whenever insecurity is exposed, wrong security is exposed. And it's an invitation to be changed. 
Being able to handle rejection well doesn't mean I become callous to the feelings of others. It means I recognize my need to hear and see God's perspective. This must be the foundation of where my identity is. So rejection, it can either be a stumbling block that you fall, or it can be a stepping stone to promotion where God wants you. The second area I want to talk to you about is disappointment. If I don't know how to handle disappointment well, I cannot be trusted with the fulfilled dreams God longs for me to experience. Disappointment is a challenging test. Many lose their capacity to dream because of the effect of disappointment. Disappointment, it hurts our hearts. It just seems easier to not dream anymore because of disappointment, because we don't wanna be disappointed. If you've ever said, I just don't expect anything good to happen, therefore I'm not disappointed, then you've probably been hurt and you've allowed disappointment to become a stumbling block for you. Disappointment causes us to quit dreaming. Flip over to Psalms chapter 23, a scripture most of us know but just the Lord has reminded me through my own disappointments. Verses one through six is where we're gonna read. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Verse one says, I would have this circled, my shepherd. You know what a shepherd's main job is? Throughout the history of the occupation of a shepherd, their main job is the safety and the welfare of their flock. Why would God allow this to happen, we say, when we've been disappointed? Disappointments can be stumbling blocks that cause me to stay in the same position. My heart is weak because it's left me crippled and I'm unable to dream. Disappointments can close doors, but yet at the same time can open a new one at times. One of my favorite athletes that I followed for years and years, she's close to my age. Uh, we both ran division one track. Um, she was a hurdler, I was not, but she ran for um, LSU. And I've watched her for years, always been a big fan. She's a strong believer. Her name's Lolo Jones. One of the things I love about Lolo is she has hit every point of disappointment that, that you could possibly imagine. She was an Olympic 100 meter hurdler hopeful. In 2008, she was projected to win and she tripped over a hurdle. 2012, she had a sizable lead in the Olympic finals of the 100 meter hurdle. She had spent eight years for one race that is normally under 13 seconds long. She's in the lead, she clips her leg on the last hurdle and falls and ends up fourth. And if you don't know, fourth is probably the worst place to finish in the Olympics, you know why? Because you don't medal. 
She was 30 years old, which meant the peak of her Olympic career was at an end. In 2012, she was quoted saying, I guess all the people who are talking about me, they can have their night and laugh about me. I'm really disappointed in myself and I felt like I let a lot of people down. I just feel like a big disappointment. I think some of us might've said that a few times. However, she received an opportunity in 2013 to compete in a new sport altogether. She got asked to go try out for the Olympic winter bobsled team. <laughs> she has a great interview on it if you watch um, ESPN. They have a 30 for 30 on this. She went and she tried out for the bobsled team. Now she is one of nine Olympians to complete in the summer and the winter Olympic games. She said this, had I not hit the hurdle in Beijing in 2008, I would not have tried to go to London in 2012 to redeem myself. Had I not got fourth in London, I would have not have tried another way to accomplish the dream. Bobsled was my fresh start. Bobsled humbled me. The bobsled made me stronger. The bobsled made me hungry, and the bobsled made me rely on my faith. Bobsled gave me hope. I push a bobsled, but bobsled pushed me to never give up on my dreams. I'm honored and excited to say I am on the 2014 Winter Olympic teams. Can I tell you that disappointments are gonna come? Our job is to remember that God is there. He is our shepherd. He hasn't left us and that we are at the forefront of his mind. So if disappointment has been a stumbling block for you, I want you to think about how can it be a stepping stone? Because God wants to use your disappointments to open up new doors. The third area is loss. It can be the loss of a dream, the loss of a marriage, the loss of a relationship, the loss of what you thought was God's plan. Because see, if I can't handle loss in a redemptive way, I cannot be trusted with the gain that God has purposed for my life. Maintaining trust in our Father, who always has the last say, is vital to navigating these moments. Loss is a seed that falls into the ground and it dies. We must not waste our losses as each of them has the potential to bring forth fruit for his glory and his strength. If I waste my losses through bitterness, anger, and withdrawal, I will have wasted the most precious part of my life in Christ. You see, the death of a dream, that's what leads to resurrection. If we plant our losses into the care of a loving father, he in turn causes them to bring forth fruit on a scale that we could never bring about on our own. You see, giving thanks in the midst of a trial, in the midst of loss, that shows where your heart is. It shows that while things might be unstable in this season, he is my rock. Returning to his uncompromising goodness is the ultimate safe place which I can address any problem. Understand this, there is no issue that has ever caught God off guard. No issue. When you hurt, your father hurts. Turn to him, not away from him. Loss is a stepping stone. It is a seed that I can give to the Lord and I can give him thanks even when I don't understand. Flip over to John chapter five. 
The fourth area is criticism. No one likes to be criticized. And often, what is said is downright cruel. Thanks to social media, I doubt there's ever been a time that criticism has been more prolific than it is now. And yet here we find that God is able to take something dishonoring and destructive and turn it into a moment, moment of refinement where, where I seek my praise. Because I will tell you this, what criticism does, it realizes and it reveals to me, am I more worried about what they think about me or what he says about me? If criticism hurts me and pains me to the core, then I need to stop and think, is this a stumbling block that I've allowed into my life where I care more of what men say than what God says? Pastor Bill Johnson said, if I don't live by the praises of men, I won't die by their criticisms. The fear of man is one of the strongest ways to undermine a life of faith. You will lose seeds of faith. You will lose the faith that the New Testament wants in us as believers if you allow criticism to become a stumbling block in your life. If you live your life based on what others say, then it's definitely a stumbling block because people are always gonna have an opinion. They're gonna have an opinion on what you wear. They're gonna have an opinion on how you raise your kids. They're gonna have an opinion on how you spend your money. But I will tell you this, who are you living to honor, the Lord or men? John 5 verse 44 says, no wonder you can't believe, for you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. When you let criticism define you, who are you honoring? If God is your audience of one, is he the one you're listening to? Because great faith can endure great criticism because it is free from the fear of men. Criticism can be a stepping stone that increases your faith in who God says you are. Criticism will reveal who you like your praises from from man or from God. You see, the Lord's praises, they're not on your Instagram feed. The Lord's praises are in the unseen. He says in Matthew 6 that what you do in the unseen, he'll reward you. He sees. Everything big, everything small must be done unto the Lord. You will be criticized unless, of course, you do nothing with your life. Those who do nothing, they offend few. Remember, great faith can endure great criticism because it is, fear, it is free from the fear of man. The fifth and the final area that I want to talk to you about is the hardest one. And it's betrayal. Betrayal is the hardest because it will make or it will break us. If I do not handle betrayal well, I cannot be trusted with the depth of loyal friendships that God has designed for me. We are designed for community. We are made to belong. Can I tell you that Jesus dealt with the ultimate betrayal? The ultimate betrayer, his friend, his disciple Judas. 
Let me remind you this. If you'll turn to 1 Corinthians 11. Let me remind you. Judas was put as the treasurer. He was put in charge of all the money. And one of the things we know in scripture is that Judas, he had a weakness with money. Did Jesus put him in this position to shame him? Or did he do it so he could address this weakness in his own heart? I believe it was the latter. So he could address that weakness in his heart. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23, it says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. You see at the beginning, it says, on the night he was betrayed. On the night. Jesus thought and he acted for the sake of others when it would have been easy for him to serve himself. He knew what the night would bring, yet he served others. He used the betrayal even as it was happening in the betrayer's heart to advance his disciples into their destinies and their purpose. This band of brothers was being formed the ultimate bond through the dark night of betrayal, through the betrayed scars of a trusted friend, the disciples' bonds were formed. In this same scripture, if you keep reading, you'll notice that none of the disciples knew who the betrayer was. They all asked Jesus, am I the one? Because betrayal is almost always unexpected. Betrayal comes when we least expect it. That's why this is the hardest one to see, that God can use it as a stepping stone. And yet, while I don't believe God causes betrayal, I know he's big enough to use it. And if Jesus was able to benefit from such an injustice, so can I. Betrayal can be a stepping stone. You see, each of these challenges that I talked about is an invitation of promotion. And you might think, why is she using the word promotion? Can I tell you, the world has a definition of promotion, but you know what God's definition of promotion is? Promotion is going deeper in your relationship with God. It is growing your heart where you don't care what people say about you. You don't care what you have to give up. You say, God, it's more about you than about the circumstance of the rejection that I faced. Promotion is kingdom promotion. That's why these things in our lives that we see as huge stumbling blocks, areas that hurt us, areas that have wounded us, areas that have caused us to stop growing in our relationship with God, stop dreaming and stop moving forward in our faith, 
God wants to use as a stepping stone to promote you in his kingdom. He wants to promote you right where you are in the mess that you're in and all the stuff that maybe you've carried for years and years. We can be invited. We are invited for this promotion. And we can RSVP by embracing a lifestyle of trust, refusing to be embittered toward those who cause this onslaught in our lives. You see, managing our hearts well is a challenge every day, every single day. You know, I'm going to tell you to turn to a scripture and you're going to say, heck yes, because it's every Christian's favorite scripture. But I want you to look at it differently. Turn to Ephesians 3.20 with me. And we're going to look at this from a different angle. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And I'm going to read this out of the New American Standard Bible. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. You see, Paul uses this extreme description for good reason. He says, beyond all we ask is the reach of our prayer lives on our best day. And beyond all we think is the reach of our imagination on our best day. That's where God dwells, in the beyond. And those two promises are ours with one condition. It is according to his power working in us. His power working in us. To the degree I will allow him to work deep in me, he will work beyond the reach of my prayers and my imagination. But it's the degree that I will allow him to work in me. It's the degree that I will allow him to work in me. Not in the person that hurt me. Not in the person that criticized or rejected me. This is really deep, guys. Can I tell you that I've had to walk through this. I'm still walking through it every single day. I have had the betrayal of friends that were right with me, of people that were my coworkers, that said they had my back. To lie, to criticize. But guess what? God has used it. And you know why God's used it? It's not because I'm special. It's not because of anything I've done except I've allowed God to go deeper and work within my heart and say, God, these things that have been stumbling blocks, the hurt that I carried around for years of a loss that I never told people about, God, but you knew the loss. Father, you work deep within me. And can I tell you, when you allow him to work deep within your heart, he will turn the stumbling blocks into the stepping stones to a greater and deeper promotion with him and in the kingdom that he has for you. We must determine to use our negative, our difficult experiences well so that they can become the seeds to a resurrected future. So let me ask you this. Do you have bitterness stored up in your heart because of rejection? Are you angry at God because of a disappointment or a loss? Has the criticism of others paralyzed you to a faithless Christian? 
Have you vowed to never let anyone get that close again for fear of the pain of betrayal? We all have had hard experiences. And I know we could sit here all night and grieve with one another over the things that have gone on. And I'm sorry the things that have happened to you. But more than anything, I want you to know that God has never forsaken you. That's what you need to know. He has never forsaken you and he never will. But what I want you to really hear at this point, has any of these areas become a stumbling block for you? Has it stifled your growth in Christ? Because this is a lot of areas that Christians stop growing. They say it's too hard. I'm just gonna be a surface Christian because it's a lot easier than me having to face the rejection that went on, the loss and the hurt that I've carried with me for years and years. So here's what I'm gonna ask you. And this is between you and the Holy Spirit here. If any of these areas has, have become a stumbling block for you, I'm just gonna ask you to stand. This is you and God. I'm gonna ask you to stand right where you are. If you've dealt with any of these right now, I'm gonna ask you to stand. The first thing I'm gonna ask you to do is to repent for God. Repent to the Lord for allowing this to stop you in your relationship with you. Because you know what? That's what the enemy wants. He wants this to trip you. He wants you to fall and to stay there. You know why? Because he wants you to be a faithless Christian that stops believing that God is big and that he can do beyond. But we're done with that. We're done with that. No more. No more. So I know this is hard right now where you are. I just want you to repent to God. Just repent for hanging on to these things. If you've been angry at the Lord, just talk to him right now. I'm gonna just give you a second to do that. God, I pray over every person that is standing right now. Lord, I pray that you use these hardships. You see and you know, Lord. You have never forsaken them. And Lord, I ask right now, you take these areas that have been stumbling blocks. Father, I pray right now that they would choose to forgive. They would choose. They would not allow their feelings into it, but they would choose to forgive. They would choose to grow in the midst of pain. Father, I pray that they would get just a deep work done in their heart right now, Father. You would do a deep heart, deep heart transplant. And Father, I speak right now that those areas that have become stumbling blocks, I pray, Father, right now that they would be seeds that you would use. They would be seeds that would grow them. 
Father, the things that the enemy has intended for harm, Lord, I speak right now that you are gonna use for greatness. Father, that there are men and women of God in here, Father, that their faith is being restored. I pray right now that their anointing is coming back. Father, where they're falling, they're lost, their rejection, it stifled their anointing. I pray right now that it just opened back up from you. Holy Spirit, you just touch them, Father. Just let your anointing flow down from the top of their head. And Lord, I speak right now, dreams would come back alive within them. Father, that they would dream visions of what you want them to do for the kingdom of God. Father, I speak right now that the praises of you, Lord, would be what our hearts and our ears yearn for. We wouldn't yearn or hunger for the attention of man, but Father, you would be our audience of one. Father, I speak right now, Lord, that every man and woman in here, that they would be used for the kingdom of God like never before. Father, small opportunities, they would be seeds for you. Father, when they have the opportunity to walk in unforgiveness, Father, I speak that you would strengthen them. You would empower them to forgive. Father, that you would do that beyond that deep work within each one of our hearts, that you would grow us, you would mold us into the men and women that you would have us to be. We thank you right now for your strength, that we would walk in it and not in our own abilities, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So that was a little bit deeper for a Wednesday night, but let me tell you this. That was from God because I've had this message for a long time. I've spoken at several events and I pull it out and I say, okay, God got to just put it back. So I just put it back and I pull it out. And last week my mom texted and said, would you speak? And I said, probably not mom, probably not. Like I got a big thing at work. I don't think I can. And the Lord said, yes, you do. You already have a message. And I said, this is it, this is it. So here's the deal, that was for you. If that was for you, then you take a hold of that and you don't allow the enemy to come back in. And the reason why I brought these from my front yard is not because I'd have a cute visual, it's because I am a visual person. And when I can remember like, this is a stumbling block, this is a stumbling block, like I'm walking into the trap right now, this person is rejecting me, I have a choice. Guess what, I'm gonna use it as a stepping stone. I'm gonna use it as a stepping stone. I got to do this today at work. I got to do this today at work. So guess what? You go out and do it too. Y'all have a great Wednesday night. Go to the parent meeting. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.